Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Some time ago, there was an old farmer lying in bed, talking to his wife late at night. He had an old cuckoo clock that had a rooster that would crow for each hour that went by. And as they were lying in bed one night talking, the clock chimed and the rooster crowed, and he crowed 13 times. When that happened, the farmer looked at his wife, his wife looked at him, and the farmer said, Mama, it's later than it's ever been. Well, I want you to understand that on the prophetic calendar, the biblical prophetic calendar, it's later than it's ever been. I had a woman in my office about a year ago who looked at me and asked, Dr. Jackson, are you aware that our country is headed towards a central bank digital currency. Well, I answered her that I was aware, and we had a a discussion about that very thing. And I told her that I was aware that there were 23 countries around the world that were studying starting a central bank digital currency. And I found out later this year, in March of this year, that our president issued an executive order in which he pretty much commanded the Federal Reserve and the Houses of Congress to investigate creating a central bank digital currency for the United States. And at the present time, there are two bills, one in the House and one in the Senate, in the U.S. Congress that would authorize a central bank digital currency in the United States. The problem with a central bank digital currency is that it would not accomplish anything that Venmo, which is already in existence, does not already do for us. More than that, the government would be able to track and control every financial transaction that takes place in our country. If your social credit score doesn't measure up, measure up, then you could be cut off from your paycheck or your ability to pay with your digital currency card, and you would become dead in the water financially. And that's not the only conversation that I've had with patients in my office. Another patient looked at me and said, Dr. Jackson, are you aware that our, uh, that there are global elites that are trying to create a one-world government? Now, this was a man answer, asking that question. And I said to him, yes, sir, I am aware of that. And we had a discussion about the World Economic Forum and the Council on Foreign Relations and organizations like that, where there are global elites whose stated objective 
is to create a Chinese-style socioeconomic system with a few elites at the top and all the rest of us at the bottom who would be owning nothing. No private property, no personal business, owning absolutely nothing. The only thing that stands in the way of a one-world government like that is the United States Constitution and our very powerful economy. And there are very wealthy global elites like George Soros who fund organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and other organizations like them whose stated objective, whose stated aim is the violent revolutionary overthrow of America's way of life. If you read their literature, you will find it that it makes it very plain that they are anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-American, and against the United States Constitution. And there are very wealthy global elites who are funding organizations like this whose objective is to overthrow the American Constitution, its economy, and our American way of life. More than that, I had a conversation with a farmer who asked me, he said, Doc, are you aware of how much uh, fertilizer and nitrogen costs? And I told him I was, that I'd tried to purchase some fertilizer for my farm. And then he said, have you tried to obtain any parts for your farm implements? And I told him I was. I'd been waiting over six months for a part for a bush hog. And he went on and talked about how he had been waiting for parts for some of his farm implements. And I said to him, I said, these things are not occurring by accident. These things are being planned in advance by global organizations. These things are orchestrated worldwide by organizations like the World Economic Forum and their acolytes creating legislation that limits the use of nitrogen products in the name of protecting the environment. And there are countries like the Netherlands and in Europe and in Sri Lanka where farmers are unable to get the nitrogen products that they need to uh, carry out their agricultural uh, processes. And these farmers are in open revolt against their government. This is Bob, the producer of More Than Medicine podcast. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably already know both Dr. Jackson and I are very much in tune with what's going on around us in the realm of South Carolina government. The complete spectrum, from governor to the school boards, and certainly everything in between. That's why I want to take a minute to tell you about my new podcast, titled South Carolina Politics. I have interviews from candidates to office holders to anybody that has anything to do with government in South Carolina. So check it out. I think you'll like it. It's called South Carolina Politics. I was reading in a, uh, a news article just last week where it said that the blame for much of the human desolation can be laid squarely on the shoulders of the World Health Organization, the United Nations, 
the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the national health bureaucracies that have used politicized science to force deadly lockdowns on the entire human population of our planet. The same article, which was in the New American, quoted our former Republican governor of South Carolina, David Beasley, who is the executive director of the UN World Food Program. In April of 2020, our ex-governor Beasley warned that the COVID lockdowns could prove more lethal than the virus itself. And his, this is his quote. In a worst case scenario, we could be looking at famine in about three dozen countries, Beasley stated. There's a real danger that more people could potentially die from the economic impact of COVID-19 than from the virus itself. He noted further that the world could face multiple famines of biblical proportions within a few short months. Now, that quote was almost two years ago. And this uh, New American magazine reported that the shutdowns and lockdowns mandated by the World Health Organization, the CDC, and other health authorities have disrupted planting, harvesting, processing, and transportation of foodstuffs globally with the deadliest effects falling on the world's most vulnerable, who are the poorest people around the world. Let me give you a few statistics. When it comes to food in the United States, we are seeing double-digit inflation for the prices of many items. The food at home index rose 10% over the last 12 months, which is the largest 12-month increase since the period ending March 1981. The index for meats, poultry, fish, and eggs increased 13.7% over the last year, as the index for beef rose 16%. These things are not happening by accident, but these things are orchestrated by some of these worldwide organizations that are intentionally trying to create food shortages. And then one last thing I would like to bring to your attention, a meeting between the Catholic Church and a Muslim organization. It was called the One World Religion at the seventh meeting of the Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions. It was held September 14th and 15th, 2022. Now, this is an event that happens every three years, and the Catholic Church meets with Muslim organizations trying to uh, create understandings about terrorism, religious tolerance, and pressing socio-political issues that occur around the world. And it's interesting because of who is not invited to this event. The person not invited is Jesus Christ. And the reason I say that is because the Pope himself, the vi vicar of the Roman Catholic Church, spoke for 45 minutes on the very last day and never mentioned the name of Jesus Christ. Never mentioned the King of all kings, the King of all the ages, the King of glory, the ruler of the kings of all the earth. His presentation was notable for who was never mentioned. Now, there are some who are saying that this 
amalgamation of the Roman Catholic Church and these Muslim organizations is the creation of a one-world religion. And I'm not, I'm not willing to say that. I'm not willing to go that far. But it is conspicuous and suggestive of compromising of the true faith and accommodating false religions en route to the establishment one day of a one-world religion. Now, there's four things here I want you to see. One is the economic impact of a central bank digital currency. Another is the impact of a one-world religion in the making. The other is the one-world government that's being formed by the World Economic Forum and the global elites. And then the food shortages that are also being created by these global organizations. Now, let's stop and think about all that. Who's behind all of this? Who's the one entity, the one personality that's behind all of this? Well, I submit to you that it's the God of this world who is Satan. The Bible refers to Satan as the God of this world. Now, in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were given the responsibility to rule over this world, to manage this world, to be fruitful and multiply, and to, to manage planet Earth. But when they sinned, God excluded them from the Garden. And they lost the title deed of planet Earth. And who did it go to? Well, it went to Satan. And that's why throughout the Scriptures, he is called the God of this world. And you see, when he took Jesus up on the mountaintop and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world, and he tempted Jesus by saying, all of this I will give to you if you bow down and worship me, that was no empty threat because Satan is the God of this world. He's the the owner of the kingdoms of this world. And he orchestrates everything that these world global elites are trying to accomplish. He's the power behind all of this. And that's why I often say to my friends, I hope that you're doing your rapture practice. And they look at me and they cock their head to one side and they say, what are you talking about? And I say, I want you to understand that the very next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. And you ought to be listening for the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Because when you hear that, the church will suddenly, in an instant, disappear. And I hope you're doing your rapture practice. Now let me ask you a question. What restrains the man of lawlessness? the man of destruction, the man of perdition, as the Antichrist is often called. What restrains the anti-Messiah? What prevents him from making his appearance on the world scene? Well, there are many theologians who believe that it's the presence of Holy Spirit in the church of the living God. And when the rapture occurs and the church of the living God is translated from this planet into the presence of God Himself. And the presence of the church and 
the presence of Christian people on this planet is removed, then the Antichrist, the anti-Messiah, will make his appearance. And now that begs the question, what will the Antichrist be like? When he is revealed, what will he be like? Well, let's look into the Scriptures a little bit together for a few moments. And the Bible tells us very plainly what he will be like. The first thing is the Bible tells us that he will be a man. And he will be a man empowered by Satan. And more than that, he will be given a number. His number is 666. Now, the number of man is the number six. And when God gives him three sixes, God is telling us emphatically that he's a man. He's a man. He's a man. Even though he will be performing many miracles, empowered by Satan, and even though he will be slain by a sword, and then raised from the dead, apparently, by the power of Satan, God is saying to those who are aware of biblical prophecy that this Antichrist is just a man. More than that, in Daniel 11.37, it's apparent that he's going to be a Jewish man because the Scripture says that he doesn't worship the God of his fathers. More than that, it says that he has no regard for the desire for women, which implies that he's going to be either effeminate or a sodomite. If you look over at Daniel chapter 8 and verse 23, the Scripture says that this Antichrist will be a king who will arise insolent and skilled in intrigue, which implies that he will be an intellectual and political genius. And that's why I mentioned previously this one-world government that's currently in the making. Because when Antichrist comes, he will be the head of a one-world government. And then in Revelations 13 and verse 17, we understand that the Antichrist will be an economic manipulator. Because the Scripture says that he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. When Antichrist arrives, he will be an economic manipulator, and no one will be able to purchase or buy or sell or trade except they have the mark of the beast. And that central bank digital currency that's becoming so vogue all around the world is playing right into the hands of the Antichrist. And then the Bible tells us in Revelation 13, 14, that he will be a great military general. He will exhibit great military prowess because the Scripture says, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? When the Antichrist appears, not only will he be an intellectual and political genius and an economic manipulator, but he will exhibit great military prowess. And then the last thing I would say to you is he will be the head of the apostate one world church. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.4 
says that he will be the one who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. How many false gods are there in the world today? In India alone, there are multiple thousands of false gods. There are thousands and thousands of false deities on planet Earth. And when Antichrist makes his appearance, he will oppose every false deity, and he will oppose the one true and living God, and he will exalt himself above every so-called God and every object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the very temple of God in Jerusalem, displaying himself as being God. He will be the head of the apostate one world church. And that's why I mentioned Chrislam, which is that amalgamation of the Roman Catholic Church and the Muslims. That paves the way for that one world church. Now, let me ask you a question. What is our response to all of this? When you see all of these things in the making, does it make you nervous or does it make you excited? Well, I'm telling you, it makes me excited because I know that very soon my king is going to appear on the eastern horizon and the sky is going to roll up like a scroll. We're going to hear the trumpet of God and the shout of the archangel and our king himself is going to appear. And my response to that, brothers and sisters, number one, you should be pure. And number two, you should be prepared. Let's talk about being pure. Revelations 22, verse 11, the very last chapter of the Bible. It says, let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. What does a bride do on her wedding day? Oh my goodness, she keeps her wedding gown pure and spotless and white. When Jesus comes for his bride, the church, we all better be clean. We all better be pure and clothed in white raiment. Don't let your fingers be in any pie that doesn't belong to you. Your heart should not be in a place where it shouldn't be. Your eyes shouldn't be gazing at things unpleasing to our king. And no tongue speaking lies or flattery. In other words, have your best white wedding clothes on at all times. For he comes at an hour when no man knows. He comes at a time when we least expect it. And every day at every moment, be pure, be clean, be clothed in white raiment. Your heart should be cleansed and always be pure and ready, ready for the king to arrive. And next is be prepared. I ask my patients with terminal diseases in my medical office all the time, are you ready to see Jesus? And you know, some of them smile and they nod and they say, yes, doctor, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. 
I'm ready to see Jesus. And then others, they cry a river. For you see, they're not ready to see Jesus. They're not ready to leave their family. They're not ready to to leave their children or their grandchildren. Their heart is not prepared. And you see, you and I should be always ready to see Jesus, always ready to eagerly anticipate the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God, followed by the appearance of our King as the skies roll back like a scroll. And then we shall be called up to meet Him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Are you prepared spiritually? Are you prepared emotionally? Have you told all your children and grandchildren and all your friends that Jesus may return soon? Maybe sooner than expected? Have you talked to them about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you asked them about their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you asked them if they are born again into the kingdom of God? Have you shared the gospel message with your children and your grandchildren and your next door neighbor? And have you asked them if they are ready to see Jesus? You see, they need to get ready also. Because you see, it's later than it's ever been. Just like my farmer friend looked at his wife, and he looked at her and said, Mama, it's later than it's ever been. And I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, that on the prophetic calendar, things are moving along faster and faster. I look around And I look at governments around the world trying to create central bank digital currencies. I look at global elites trying their best to create a one-world government. I look at the Roman Catholic Church and the Muslims and others trying to create what appears to be the beginning of a one-world church. And I look at others who are creating food shortages around the world and creating situations where people can't buy or sell or trade because their social credit score isn't what the government wants it to be. And I see things moving faster and faster towards falling and playing into the hands of the God of this world and His anti-Messiah. And when I look at these things, I say to myself, Jesus is coming soon. And He may be coming sooner than we expect. And I ask you, have you been doing your rapture practice? Have you been talking to your friends about Jesus? Have you been making things right with the people that are in your life? And have you been asking them if they're ready to see Jesus? You see, it's incumbent upon you and me that we always be pure in heart and that we always be prepared, always ready to see Jesus. For you see, it's later than it's always been. You're listening to More Than Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.